Hello? You play to win the game. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. To LeBron James! That was insane! Officially insane, LeBron James! Hello, hi there, and welcome back to Claws to the Wall. It's a new school year here, 22, 23 year, and that means we're going to have more Claws to the Wall for you. We're so glad to be back after this summer break. This is Justin Brown, your host today. I have Kobe Jackson here, wonderful co-host as usual, and we have Paxton Graff, is that correct? Yes, sir. Yes, he is. His first time on here. Now, now Paxton, you're a senior, correct? Uh, junior, actually. Junior. Okay, so year. so you got one more la- uh, first day of school for you, whatever yeah. like that. Okay, cool. All right, yeah, so we this is the first week of school here in Texas State, but sports have been on their way for a while now, and one sport that we're going to start with here in the Bobcat recap is Texas State soccer. Has just became 2-0 and in this first week as they first played against St. Mary's and won that game 1-0. It went into the second half. No one was scoring. They scored it last minute, and they got the game. Next thing you know, we saw them play against UIW just last night, and they got the W3-0. Um, now, guys, I just want to hear what your what what your thoughts on this Texas State soccer team, and what are y'all's expectations for them this year? I know this is a new coach, and with a new coach, a lot of new things can happen. I mean, you could see a seat a team fall apart, or you could see a team become an amazing powerhouse, like we saw Texas State baseball last year. What are your thoughts, Paxton? Well, obviously, this is Coach Steve Holdman's first season with the Bobcats, and already he's off to a wonderful start, two and zero. Uh, first time in three years that that's happened. But one thing that we've noticed so far is so far in these two games, they've already scored four goals. So this offense is definitely off to a dominant start. And the, not only the offensive side, the defensive side, they haven't uh, they haven't allowed any points scored on them so far in these first two games. So really, this is just an all-around good team so far. Now, granted, they haven't pay, played any big-time schools yet, but still, you got to start off slow, especially with a first-year head coach. Yeah, of course, absolutely. And like you said, with a new head coach comes, you know, new responsibilities and, and new chemistry. So, so far, the soccer team's off to a really good start. Uh, I think it's Maddie Goss, I think mm-hmm. is how I pronounce it. She scored a goal, and then uh, Zoe Jr. as well. So, this is going to be, this is going to be a highly, I think this is going to be a highly uh, high-powered offensive soccer team. So, uh, they got a couple more games coming up. So, let's see where, where this takes us. Yeah, you know, in that last game against UIW, I, I'm glad that you, you mentioned these players that are really performing well. And like you said, Paxson, I mean, they've been able to score. And you're showing that the offense is there and the defense is there as well. They're not allowing anyone to score yet. And that's a great thing to say that no one has scored on our field yet this season. But, you know, there's more home games down the road. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, last uh, Sunday against UIW, you know, we had uh, Wimberly Wright, uh, Bailey Peschel, and Maddie Elder. They all got three goals on that Sunday against UIW. Now, if you're trying to catch your Texas state soccer team here next game is going to be august 25th but that's going to be in corpus christi and i believe many of y'all are not going to be there so the next time <laughs> they come back home it's going to be on august 28th and that's going to be against the houston bob uh, houston baptist huskies at 7 p.m at the bobcat soccer complex so make sure and come and support steve holman's new bunch of women's soccer players now we have to transit 
into a different sport, a sport that's going to be starting this weekend, guys. It hasn't even started, and they're not going to be starting here at home, which is kind of sad. Um, and that is our <laughs> Texas State volleyball team, guys. Our Texas State volleyball team has their first games this season in this weekend in San Antonio at the McDermott Convention Center. Mm-hmm. On the 26th, they will play the Houston Baptist Huskies, and on Saturday the 27th, they will play UIW back-to-back twice in one day. Um, so, guys, I just want to hear what are y'all's thoughts on this volleyball team. I'm so excited for volleyball. It was something I didn't get to witness really last uh, you know, last fall, my freshman year. I didn't even get to witness a volleyball game. I'm so excited. I want to hear what y'all think about this volleyball team and what y'all's expectations overall. Well, I know that going into the season, they are hungry because last season, it was their first season since 2017, I believe, that they mm-hmm. did not win the conference championship. Wow. And so I know the dominant team. Mm-hmm. And so I know this year they are really wanting to go back and earn that title again and then clinch their spot in the NCAA tournament. But, you know, this past weekend, this uh, Saturday, they had their annual maroon versus gold game. And ultimately, the maroon team came out on top with a 3 0 advantage. But, you know, just seeing the girls play in Strand Arena again just really gets you motivated for this upcoming season. Hopefully they can come back to San Marcos uh, at the end of the season with a trophy. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, they were so they were 14 and 2 in conference last year. So and they were 20 and 12 overall. And they have starters coming back. They have uh senior they have, you know, people coming back and stuff for seniors. But, you know, honestly, I think they're probably going to repeat what they did last year but just better. You know, right. it's 32 games. So honestly, the way I see this record going possibly is a thir- I think it's a 31. 31 season. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised. And you know how we talked about Steve Holman, you know, new to mm-hmm. the soccer team. We talk about new coaches bring new opportunities and new success. This volleyball team, I mean, it's coached by Sean Hewitt, but he got here in 2020. Mm-hmm. And since he's been here, they're 29 and 3 in Sunbelt wow. Conference wow. matches, okay? So if there's any team that's dominant in the Sunbelt Conference, it's our Bobcats. Oh, and I think no they're question. willing to continue this. And, I, you know, I'm glad you mentioned their, their maroon and gold game. I did yeah. not get to witness that, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But I am just so excited to see them back on the court. I mean, it's just – I think personally from high school experience, volleyball has been always one of the most oh, fun absolutely. sports to watch, yeah. right? And, and even one of the most fun sports to play, in my opinion. So I am so excited to watch Sean Hewitt's group of girls and see what they can do. Now, their first games, like I said, are this weekend in San Antonio. I will repeat them again if you didn't hear. On August 26th. They will be playing Houston Baptist Huskies, and on the 27th, they will be playing UIW twice in one day, one at noon and one at 7 p.m. Now, it's fall sports in Texas State. (laughs) We talked about volleyball. I talked about soccer. There's one sport I haven't mentioned, one sport that is (laughs) kind of something that we're not the most proud of here at Texas State due to recent (laughs) years, and that is the Texas State football team. Now, mm-hmm. there's a lot to talk about here, guys. We're going to be talking about, you know, the new quarterback that just got announced. We'll be talking about that. I want to look at their schedule this fall, guys. What are your thoughts on that? And just overall what this season is. But first, I just have to get into what was announced today. Okay. Wow. The starting quarterback was announced today. And who was that, Kobe? Lane Hatcher is officially your starting quarterback for the Woo-hoo. Texas State Bobcats. Now, Lane Hatcher is going to be – We don't know if it's going to be an improvement or a step back from Brady McBride, but we will see. Um, Lane, he is a transfer from Arkansas State, so this is someone with college ball experience. So just know that the person leading the helm on this team is not someone that (laughs) doesn't know what they're doing. Paxton, I want to hear what your thoughts are on this football team and and just this new pickup as well. Well, honestly, it's an exciting 
exciting time of the year with football coming around, especially now that we have a quarterback, new quarterback under center. Uh, so, you know, a lot of people wanted Ty Evans just because they, they saw uh, what he was like in high school. They saw his recruiting and all that. But obviously Spavitt will see something in Hatcher that nobody else sees. Mm-hmm. And I think I trust Spavitt in this situation. I mean, he's gone with a different look as far as recruiting. He's gone with a transfer first deal. But so far, it's it seems to be working on the field because a lot of his starters are transfers or previous transfers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, obviously, I hope the best for them this season. We will come up with our predictions later, like we mentioned. But I think it's it's a huge move, and I think it's the best move for them so far. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Paxton. And uh, you know, last year's stats, I mean, it kind of kind of kind of doesn't yeah. prove itself. He <laughs> went over two thousand four hundred twenty-three yards, nineteen touchdowns, and thirteen interceptions this past this past season. So it's I guess you could say this is a new a new lane hatcher that we're probably going to see from last year because last right. year, you know. You know, different team, different atmosphere. Now he's on a new a new team in a different atmosphere. And honestly, I think he's gonna have probably a better season than he will have last year than he had last year. So I'm looking forward to it. And hey, you know, Spavadol is trying to make something happen. So yeah. uh let's see let's see what Hatcher's got. Yeah, I'm just a true believer in, you know, getting someone in the game and then seeing their experience and seeing how good they're gonna do. And mm-hmm. I'm so glad that this new opportunity is for Lane here. Because I think Lane is gonna do, you know, bright things for this team and with Brady out of the way now, I mean, this allows opportunities for quarterbacks to step up and do amazing things for this program. And mm-hmm. I would not be surprised to see anything else. Now if this program is not successful this year, I'd mm. like to bring up another conversation. You know, we're trying to change new coaches. We're changing new players. We got some new assistant coaches here and there, you know, some defensive coordinators, whatever you want to call. And then you get new players. But I'm suggesting if this season is not a successful season, I think we may need a new head coach. I now I know you guys are looking at me with <laughs> knives out and, you know, <laughs> listeners all around. OK, Jake Spavadol's record is nine and twenty seven. Yep. OK, now that I. You know, I then I'll just mm. let that settle in. I'm letting that sink so, in for a minute. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> as much as you like to say the 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 pieces of you know the chessboard or the what you know caused the loss of a game, mm-hmm. it's about who's playing the chess, right? right? So we'll see how things go this year. I think Jake Spavitol has shown his success at other schools, obviously. Mm-hmm. So let's see what he can do here. I mean, he's been here since 2019. We had uh, not the best quarterback, but now we got a different opportunity. So I'm really excited to see it. And this opportunity starts. Uh, very soon, guys. Football will be starting very soon in their first game because we're going to be looking at their schedule. It's Saturday, September 3rd at 4.30 p.m. in the hot state of Nevada. Okay, They'll be playing Nevada. Vegas. <laughs> what, what were you going to say there, Pat? Go to Vegas. Yeah, go to Vegas. <laughs> that, that might be the only way we get lucky in this situation. <laughs> I like what you did there. Yeah, thanks. Um, but then our first home game, guys. September 10th is what it says on Google. Uh, it is going to be Texas State versus Florida International University. Blackout game. Blackout game. September yep. 10th at 6 p.m. It is going to be the first game at home for the Bobcats. So I'm going to be there. I expect Paxson and oh, Kobe to be there. Oh, of course. And we expect every one of you listeners to be there. Yeah. Now, to look towards the future of this season, we got to look at the rest of their games and schedule. we got a familiar name on this schedule, and that's <clears> Baylor. Okay, Uh you may have remembered how it went against Baylor last year. It looked mm-hmm. like we almost had it a little bit, and then uh, 
Baylor's Baylor. Uh, number 10 <laughs> in the nation, that is Baylor. Uh, you got the 24th. We'll be playing against the Houston Baptist Huskies here at Texas State. That'll be our next home game. So it'll be around 14 days after the first home game. So you got two weeks in between those two. Um, and then you just got to play James Madison University. We got App State. We got some familiar faces. Troy is our rival as usual. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll be seeing some familiar faces around the Sun Belt as well. But I'm just so excited to get a good look at this football team. I didn't have the opportunity to it last year. Y'all have been, you know, seeing the football team's uh, success uh, as of late. So, you know, I'm, I'm just so glad that we're, you know, going towards a new season and there's so many different opportunities. Is there anything else you would like to say about football before we move on? I just want to say one thing that, you know, I know in the offseason we were talking about how, you know, they got new facility, you know, this mm-hmm. past season. They got oh, a new yeah. weight room and everything. You know, I feel like that would could build a player's confidence so oh, yeah. much because, you know, if you look at, you know, other schools that have different weight room facilities or, you know, different, you know, practice like practice facilities and things like that. Mm-hmm. I think that helps boost the confidence in not only players, but the whole team and the coaching staff yeah. to make them have more confidence in 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 their group. And I honestly think that that's a I think that's a big, big deal, especially with the season that they had this past year, I feel like there's more confidence in them now. Right. And not only building confidence, it helps with recruiting tremendously. I mean, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if y'all have ever, ever saw their, pre- or I guess it's still current, uh, weight room. I mean, my high school weight room was better than it. It was bigger than <laughs> it. Yeah. Like, uh, so they definitely needed room for growth there. And I think the fact that they are doing this in Cornell's second year as mm-hmm. AD, I mean, that's huge, and so that definitely will help with recruiting in the future. Someone is going to walk in and see that weight room and be like, yeah, I want to play here. Mm-hmm. Whereas previously, they're like, man, my high school has more equipment than this. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely do think that. Yeah, I, I, I 100% agree with you all. Equipment and the way a facility looks is just as important as a team logo and a team uniform. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's so much that represents a team, and the weight room and the facilities is also a good representation of that team. So for us to have a new facility is really awesome and shows that we have some new opportunities. Yeah. For those of you that aren't aware, last year there was a $2 million gift that was given by Bo and Darlene Trevelyan to honor their son, William Trevelyan IV. Uh, the gift will assist Texas State football in building this new weight room renovation. The weight room will be named named after William Trevelyan the fourth I apologize if I'm getting that last name wrong but it's going to be named after him as the weight room complex and yes I'm so glad that this will be renovated and built I think it will be built around the end of 2024 is when you'll see that um, you know in person but guys that was our Texas State news I want to transfer into the national sports scene the national sports scene is something we haven't touched here on Claws to the Wall since May 10th and there's a lot of American sports that are national that are between then and there and one of them is my favorite the NBA Um, and I would just like to throw that to Kobe Jackson just to give a little recap on what happened in the NBA for some of y'all that are you know, just listen to us for news. <laughs> <laughs> well, during this past season, we have witnessed an up and down season with crazy trades, interesting storylines, and a familiar face back on the mountaintop. In the NBA Finals, it was the Boston Celtics who have not been back in the NBA Finals since 2010 against the Golden State Warriors, and the Warriors have prevailed have won their fourth title in the last seven years. And Steph Curry had finally reached his ultimate, his last missing piece from his trophy case in the NBA Finals MVP award. The Golden State Warriors beat the Boston Celtics 4-2 to in the series. And guys, I, I mean, 
I'm not surprised, but honestly, that that the Warriors were outstanding. You know, mm-hmm. Steph, Clay being back healthy once again. You know, Wiggins delivering. Jordan Poole, the young star in the NBA. I mean. What a what a phenomenal team! What a phenomenal team this past this past year. Yeah, and honestly, I, and I was listening to podcasts after they were they won it. One of the things is you can't be mad at this team. Oh no, they Mm-mm. they didn't go and they didn't buy a superstar. They drafted all these players. They mm-hmm. drafted Steph Curry. They drafted Clay Thompson. They drafted Jordan Poole. They drafted Draymond Green. They drafted and produced all these guys, and they now they're one of the only teams in professional sports, for that matter, who actually built their own legacy like this. Yes. Whereas, you know, obviously the Lakers, they got LeBron, they got Westbrook. um, (laughs) Or so I say Westbrook, my bad. Um, And and then the Nets with their whole offseason crap that's been happening. But we won't talk about that. We don't want to give them publicity. But (laughs) anyway, uh, the Warriors, they really – they're, they're a team that you want all these middle schools, high schools, colleges to look after. Mm-hmm. That is what you want your team to be like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I I love the Warriors. And and I'm so glad we're talking about the NBA right now because, you know, it's my favorite sport. So we're going to talk about it for a little <laughs> bit. But the Warriors, I mean, look at the year before. I mean, the year before, Steph Curry broke his wrist and there was no yeah. one on that team. They were 12 mm-hmm. seed. They were the laughing stock of the NBA. Next year, you know, I mean, at the end of that year, you know, they played against the Memphis Grizzlies. They lost in the play on uh, play and Steph Curry said, watch out for next year. And we did that. And guess what we saw? We saw Steph Curry deliver like usual. Mm-hmm. I mean, I will tell you, there's not a, point hu- a single human being on this planet that could put a ball in a net better than that man. No, where, no matter where he's standing, he can shoot it and he can splash it. And that's why that team won. And I'm so glad that he got, you know, finals MVP. And yes, just how you said, the teams that drafted are the ones that win. And that's what I've always said. And that's what I always love. I love seeing super teams just like the Nets fall and collapse and waste all their millions of dollars because that's what these NBA execs are realizing. It's not about the superstars. You can't just throw four on a bus and expect it to work. Look at the LA Lakers last year. Didn't even do anything at all. Um, But we will, you know, try and hold back from bashing the Lakers all day. But, um, you know, I think that the Warriors are just like how the Bucs were the year before. The Bucs. Mm -hmm. They drafted Middleton and Giannis. They grinded. They worked. They're at, you know, they worked, they worked really hard and look what they did. They won a championship that year. The Warriors, they, after coming back from a bad year, they had a bunch of young players. You got Gary Payton Jr. You got Jordan Poole. You got these guys you can build off. Uh, Andrew Wiggins finally stepping into the role that he's always needed on that Warriors team. He's finally producing on offense. So I think it was a great year. He won and he was an all-star starter this year. Yes, he was. Just Mm -hmm. because of that. So the Warriors, I'm just so glad that you mentioned just how they drafted each of those players. It's a good slap in the face to Kevin Durant, you know, comes, (laughs) you know, people think, he kept thinking to himself, oh, the only reason they won these championships, I mean, is because I showed up and I, you know, no. Um, no. But yeah. So the Warriors, yes, they won the championship against the Boston Celtics. Jason Tatum, you know, they got a lot of opportunities. Boston Celtics are going to come back hotter next year, guys. Oh, I'm yeah. just telling oh, yeah. you now. They're not done. Oh, yeah. They're going to be around for the next few years. They're like, you know, the Phoenix Suns. They're going to be around a few, a little Ooh. bit. Um, but yeah, so that's the NBA. The Boston Celtics lost to the Golden State Warriors. That's how the NBA Finals went down in around July. And then another sport started coming out in the Ameri- uh, in America, and that was the MLB. And, oh, of course. Uh, you know, we have some thoughts to be said. I know that the Astros are doing really good right now. Yes, My team, I think, are they top of the uh, 
They are current. So right now, they currently have the best record in the American League. The American League. Yes. yes. I just want to make sure I got that correct. Yeah, yes. you're good. <laughs> I just wanted to hear your, you know, your thoughts on it, Kobe. Any thoughts about the MLB so far and your team? Anything you've this, seen? Let me just say this. This is why I love baseball for a reason. Because <laughs> the unpredictable, uh, the unpredictability in baseball is so surreal. The Astros are basically repeating what they've been doing since they won their title. You yeah, know? without cheating. This With, year, well, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but if you, you know, and honestly, when I look at you know postseasons that they've been in, you know, 2018 they lost in the American League Championship Series. 2019 they lost in the World Series. You know, 2020 they lost in the American uh, Championship Series, and then last year they lost in the World Series again. So this year, I'm really thinking that this year is their year. This has probably been honestly their strongest lineup that they've had since their their championship, since their you know World Series championship run in 2017. Um, but the Astros are currently have the best record in the MLB at the moment. Right behind them is the Yankees, who I need to say first is that they have been struggling really bad since the All Star break has ended. They have been struggling badly as of the, in the last ten games. They have lost four out of six. It's four out of six. So they're in a slump. And then all of a sudden, the Blue Jay, the Toronto Blue Jays are just climbing up just slowly, game by game. So, but right now it's the Astros, the Yankees, and the Cleveland Guardians mm. are also are the top three. Now, in now the wild card, as of this moment, it's the Ray, the Tampa Bay Rays, Toronto Blue Jays, and the Seattle Mariners. Those are all sleepers, and I actually like all three of them. But right now, I think the Rays have a strong possibility in the American League as of this moment uh, right now. Now, as far as the National League goes, it's the New York Mets, St. Louis Cardinals, and then the Los Angeles Dodgers, who currently has the best record in all of MLB right now. They have already 80 wins on the, on the year already. The Dodgers are unstoppable. Oh, of course. Oh, of course. Like like expected, you know, because they're the Dodgers. <laughs> so, um, but as far as playoff chances go, the Mets have not been in the playoffs since 2015 when they got beat by the Kansas City Royals. I never thought I would say this, but we have a potential to have an all New York World Series, mm. all possible, you know, between the New York Yankees and the New York Mets. Do you have realized how much split differential it would be to have those two in the world in the World Series? That'd wow. be it would be mind boggling. The city of New York, the city would of New burn. York, <laughs> yeah, the city of New York would be yeah. like literally split down the middle if you really, if you really look at. It. But honestly, I, to me, I think the Mets are the better team. I'm just gonna say that outright. I think they're they're better than the Mets. And but I'm gonna go back to the Astros real quick because you touched on it. Um, they have had a strong season and they have beaten the Yankees all the times that they have played each other, whether it was either in Houston or in New York. So. As of this moment, the Astros are actually the better team. And honestly, I think the Astros are probably going to be winning it all easily. I would not be surprised. I mean, the Astros have shown that they can go all the way to the World Series and get it done. I mean, we lost the Braves last year. Mm -hmm. but And, you know, many teams were – many people were not considering the Astros, you know, with Correa leaving and yeah. they thought that, you know, rebuild was on the way, Matt, you know. And, and, and that's not the case. This team has shown that mm -hmm. they have success and well, you I can't mean, count them out. And also, if you look at, you know, some of the trades that they had, you know, this past, this past season with, you know, getting Trey Mancini, which is a big pickup, I think. And oh, then yeah. Christian Vasquez from the Red Sox, which – is huge and then they picked up a reliever and will smith 
from the Braves as well. So, I mean, they made some moves, and they're in, they're and it's showing. So that's why I think they're, they're the most consistent MLB team at, at right now. So, but you know, like I said, baseball is unpredicted. You don't know who's going to be the underdog. You don't know who's going to be you know the the big dog in postseason. So, mm. but you know, there's still a lot of games left. But uh, you know. We'll see where we'll see where this goes. Yeah. Oh yes, hundred percent. And and one thing I'd like to mention about the major leagues, uh, major league baseball sp- especially, um, over the summer, many of you listeners not be might not be aware, but we had two Bobcats get drafted by in the MLB. Yes, we did. We had, uh, yes, we did. The amazing shortstop Dalton Shuffield got yes, picked sir. up. I think he was picked up by Cleveland, if I'm correct. Yes, yes, he was. And then we had uh, we had Stivers. Mm-hmm. Tristan Stivers get picked up by the White Sox, if I'm yes. correct. That amazing yes. close, closing pitcher that oh, played yes. for us that final game for multiple innings. He started, you know, that final game against Stanford, and then mm-hmm. Stanford hit those back-to-back home runs, and then there went our. Uh, we don't speak of that. Yeah, yeah we're not. We're not gonna. We're not gonna. We speak won that, that game. Yeah, yeah, we did. <laughs> Last year. So okay, so Dalton Shuffield got drafted by the Minnesota Twins. Minnesota Twins. Yeah. Okay. Ooh. He went from Texas heat to Minnesota cold weather. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> what a transition for him. Hopefully you got some coats. <laughs> and we will be making a transition here from the Major League Baseball to football, baby. Oh, yes. The NFL is Ooh. about to be underway. We've had preseason going on for a while now, and we have seen a lot. I just wanted to hear uh, some things about what are y'all's thoughts on this preseason so far? And uh, what have you been seeing from one of your favorite teams or – any team in general, and what do you think that's going to carry over to the regular season? Well, uh, <laughs> I, I know it's a lot, Pax. <laughs> no, 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 you're good. Uh, I grew up in the Dallas area, so I am a Cowboys fan. Now, okay. I am not your stereotypical one who is blindsided every year <laughs> saying we're going to go and win it all, blah, blah, blah. I will be more realistic than that. This year, this is going to be a very unique year. Uh, I'm still upset about the whole Mari Cooper trade and all that, but it's going to be an interesting year, but you know now the Cowboys have played two preseason games. Uh, first one was against the Broncos. Second one was against the Chargers. They ended up losing Broncos, winning Chargers. But the first game against the Broncos, they had 17 penalties in that whole Jeez. entire game. 17. That's and ridiculous. I think it was like 120-something yards total that they just gave up. <sighs> oh I mean... I mean, uh, now they definitely got their stuff together in the uh, next game against the Chargers, but mm-hmm. I, I, this season it's it's going to be an interesting one. Obviously, I th- I feel like Dak's going to go off; he's going to be great, but he only really has one primary receiver this year, and that's CD Lamb. CD Lamb, mm-hmm. and so and Zeke, you know, hopefully Zeke shows up this season. He looks like he put on a few pounds over few the pounds, off season. Mm-hmm. He he ate some of that barbecue or something up there, but <laughs> he uh, hopefully he he'll 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 return to his former glory days, but uh, you know his rookie year. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty <laughs> much it. But you know the season defense. We don't we don't really worry about the defense now. Hopefully that doesn't backfire. But Dan Quinn's back. He's obviously probably the best defensive mind in sports or in football right now. In my opinion, I don't. I, we got so lucky re-signing him. So hopefully you know Dallas shows up this year. Luckily for us, we're in not the best division. So I think we honestly have another shot at making playoffs going past the first round. That's a different story. But mm-hmm. preseason-wise, you know, it's looked it's looked decent so far. I would have to say for my team, my Pittsburgh Steelers, Ooh. we are looking fantastic because we are not we are officially two and zero in preseason. We got one more game and against it's against Detroit. Um, you know, I've been kind of tossing up about this this past year because obviously, you know. 
we've had some big news ever since you know postseason happened with Ben Big Ben retiring, and then mm-hmm. you know obviously you know the tragic news about Dwayne Haskins uh, you know passed away and everything. So our quarterback situation was very difficult. Yeah. So, but. You know, when then we signed Mitchell uh, Trubisky, and then we obviously, you know, drafted Kenny Pickett from Pitt. So, I mean, what I've seen this preseason so far, I'm impressed. And then we picked up, uh, you know, Jordan Pickens in the draft, which was 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 great because I uh, so far that I've seen from him, he is improving his game each and every week. You know, they're starting to get more comfortable now. You know, it's honestly, I mean, no disrespect to Mason Rudolph. I think he has every great potential to be in this league. I just don't see him being in the quarterback conversation between Trubisky and Kenny Pickett because both of them are shining bright as of this moment. Right. However, I, if you look at Trubisky's history, it has not been good. <laughs> it has not been good. Now with Chicago, and then as a back as a backup with the Bills, I would. Th- this is the only little saving grace I'll probably have for Trubisky is that I hope he has learned what Josh Allen did this oh. past season. Because if he did, if he didn't, then something's wrong. Right, something's definitely wrong. So, yeah. but other than that, my Steelers look good defensively. You know, we're you know T.J. Watt coming back, Cam Hayward coming back. You know, we're we're pretty loaded like we were last year. So, um, I mean. I'm excited. This preseason has been, been strong so far. I completely agree. And I'm going to pick one team that, you know, I like. That is not my favorite team. My favorite team is the Texans. And we all know how the Texans are going to do this year. Brutal. Brutal. I don't think I need to elaborate on that. <laughs> one thing, one team that I will watch, though, that they were missing a quarterback, and they finally got one in the offseason. I think one of the best offseason moves was Russell Ooh, Wilson to yep. the Broncos. Yes. Yeah. And yes. I think the Broncos will be fun to watch this year. Um, you know, with Russell Wilson, you know, in that quarterback quarterback spot, they got what they need now, and it's just seeing if they can deliver on it. Uh, I mean, Russell Wilson, we saw what he did with the you know Seahawks for yeah. years. He's been a great player. I mean, I, nothing. There's been, I mean, nothing short. Nothing short besides that, you know, Super Bowl loss uh, against. Like, remember that? What was pa- that? You should they should have just ran in that situation. Yeah. But oh then they, God. But I don't think that was up to him. <laughs> but you know, yeah, no, I, I am extremely excited for uh, you know the NFL this year. Um, you know, I think I would like. I have a question for y'all. Just one question: What one team this year? You know, last year I think it was the Bengals. No one expected the Bengals. Oh no! To oh no! No, I one, wasn't. No, no better in, in in Las Vegas was you know thinking oh yeah they're gonna get there all the way. No, no, no one did. Now what team this year is it gonna be? I was thinking just to start it off. The Dolphins. What are your thoughts, Kobe? I know you said something you know, about the Dolphins. You know, last I did. Year. That's I, I did say the Dolphins. I did say the Dolphins. Yes, I did. Um, I'll, I'll we'll do we'll do like each we'll do like each conference. Sounds AL good. definitely Miami, and I'll still stick with that because I think they're a really really good front runner. However, I will also say the Raiders this past year or this coming year because the connection with Derek Carr and Devontae Adams that's oh. a that's a that's a lethal combo oh, no. between those two. But that's my AL. NL, that's kind of difficult because there really wasn't any moves that were made in the NL this past offseason. But if I had to pick a sleeper this this year, I'm gonna say the Eagles. Dude, I was I I promise you I was gonna say it. I was gonna say I'm <laughs> gonna say the Eagles this year. Jalen yeah. Hurts, I think I think it's gonna be his time this year. Yeah. I really think so. You know, he has already, you know, a couple years under his belt. So now he kind of wants to now show what he's made of. And honestly, I think the Eagles can really can really do something this year. Yeah, I, I completely agree because I mean, last year was Hurts' rookie season, right? Rookie season, yeah, yeah. It was rookie season, and he led the Eagles to a wild card game. Now they ended up losing against 
Tom Brady's Bucks, but that's a different story. That was his rookie season. Mm -hmm. And then now they're talking about how he's had a phenomenal offseason. He still has Devontae Smith. Mm -hmm. So I, I definitely do think that the Eagles are going to be somewhat of a contender for playoff spots. Now that's NL. AL, this is going to be a little hot take, but the Jets. I mean, the Jets. That's not a bad take. I'll yeah. accept that. That's not a bad take. I mean, they got Garrett Wilson mm -hmm. out of Ohio State, quite possibly the best receiver out of the, out of the draft. Mm -hmm. They've got Elijah Moore. They've got Corey Davis again. They've got Brees Hall. Brees Hall came out of Iowa State, and as a Big 12 fan, because I love the Longhorns, that dude is hard to stop. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, they've got weapons and the only thing they need to work on offensively right now is getting that quarterback under control. Now, yes. we won't talk about the stuff that happened during the offseason with him, but I've heard I've heard things from podcasts about coaches saying that he has drastically improved over the offseason. So hopefully he can show that on Sundays this year. Uh, now, the defense is going to need a little bit of work, but I think that the Jets, I don't know about playoff contentions, but don't be surprised if they definitely improve, mm -hmm. especially from last year. Well, guys, this has been a great first episode back in the studio, Studio C and close to the wall. Um, we appreciate y'all listening as usual. Make sure you like, comment, anything y'all can do to share and spread the word of this amazing podcast. I'd like to thank Kobe Jackson and oh, Paxton yeah. for coming on the show today. Oh, yes. I really appreciate it. This was Justin Brown, as always. You can catch us on Spotify, Apple Music, and anywhere you find uh, anywhere you find podcasts. We will be uploaded on Thursdays. Um, but yeah, this was Close to the Wall, and we'll catch y'all next time. <laughs>